0: Hey girl, you're listening to Live Free Radio. I'm your host, Letitia Bates. I'm a registered health coach certified in holistic nutrition and weight loss for women, as well as a retired nurse and fierce PCOS advocate. PCOS stands for polycystic ovary syndrome, and this led me to my mission for empowering women who are like me to start giving up the lies that diet culture has been feeding you for years so that you can live out your most fierce and best life. Let's get to today's episode. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to take the time to tell you about mild dichiro complex from Badashik. This is an amazing supplement to have in your PCOS toolbox. Badashik Chic mild complex offers the 40 to 1 ratio of mild inositol and dichiro inositol which are two evidence-based vitamin-like substances that can help you with your PCOS symptoms. Having these two inocytols working together can help support hormone and mood balance, as well as improve insulin sensitivity and energy. I personally use it to help with my insulin resistance and to restore my cycle. I love it. And I also have clients who feel the same way. MyoD Carol Complex also contains a propriety blend of herbs like fenugreek, chaseberry, and maca to help support those happy hormones. It's manufactured here in the US of A, doctor researched and certified, 100% natural and vegan friendly, and I really loved getting to know Samantha, the CEO, who is also a PCOS fighter. Go so head over to VitaChicUSA.com and use the code LIVEFREE25, that's all caps. L-I-V-E-F-R-E-E 25 to receive 25% off of your order. Welcome back to Live Free Radio. Today I have my friend Shelby Eckerd, which is PCOS support girl. She is a longtime PCOS advocate and it took a lot of rescheduling to get, to get her here. So, so I'm just so happy that we're finally here. Shelby, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me, and the scheduling was completely my uh, no. airhead. Oh, no. <laughs> the I'm mess. Sorry.
0: <laughs> and also, um, I was like, I, I don't mean this
1: to sound bad in
0: any way, but I'm so grateful that you're a hot mess too, just because you understand. <laughs> you are my people. <laughs> so, I'm over here, so yeah. But uh, I wanted to get you on the show ever since I even thought about doing the podcast, and I'm just glad that we're finally, finally here, because um, you've been advocating for the PCOS community for how
1: long now? Oh my gosh. Uh, Four years. Almost four years. 2016. So yeah, four years. I would have thought it was longer than that it feels like a lot longer I feel yeah. like I've changed a lot in four years <laughs> yeah well
0: I mean like we all grow and everything but I just you're probably one of the first account uh big like you know famous account that I believe I followed on Instagram and I've been on Instagram for five years so that's why I just assumed it was it was longer than that but but yeah like I've been following you from I guess day one like a really really long time ago You like a stalker but uh, <laughs> Why? No, you're my friend.
1: Stock <laughs> yeah, no, away.
0: Oh no, I'm so <laughs> glad that we were able to become friends. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about your PCOS story. I know you've shared it before, but I'm so happy for you to be able to be here and share it with us on this platform. Um, so do you care to kind of tell us, uh, take us back, when were you first diagnosed with PCOS?
1: Yeah. So I was first diagnosed like a lot of people, um, when I was struggling to get pregnant, which is funny because, well, not funny, but I mean, I had no problems getting pregnant with my first kid. It was like a whoopsie, the be- best whoopsie ever, but we had no right. issues getting pregnant with Parker. And, you know, so we wanted to have a second and we were doing it, literally doing it and nothing <laughs> yeah. was happening. And, you know, and it was like, okay, what's going on? Something's wrong. In- I went to my gynecologist and I was like, Hey, we're not getting pregnant. And he's like, well, okay, let's do a couple things. And this is like back five. No, I was diagnosed when I was 26. So I, oh yeah, like 10 years ago, almost. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, well, we're going to just give you an ultrasound and see what's going on. So, you know, I'm in the little paper dress sitting on the sweaty paper where my butt's like getting stuck to the paper. I'm so glad that you, like, I always sweat whenever I'm in that
0: and then like you know especially when you get up it like tears and it sticks to you and I just feel like a gross human being but it's and then your ass
1: cheeks bark is there and I'm like oh my god why is my butt sweating
0: (laughs) exactly so I feel like I have to like pull the paper off and rip it off and throw it in the trash because I don't want them to see my butt sweat you know quickly
1: hide it (laughs) Funny story about that. One time I was so embarrassed that I couldn't find the garbage, like, in, oh, the, no. in the room. So I shoved it in my purse, but I didn't realize, like, the paper was hanging out of my purse. So my sweaty-ass paper was hanging out of my purse. The ladies in the office were probably like, what the hell is she it's doing? She like, who the F wants that? <laughs> i'll just dispose of this by myself
0: (laughs) no i mean it's it's a legit concern oh my
1: gosh that is hilarious (laughs) yeah but so you know i just had no idea and like now that i know about pcs looking back i can i should have known but but he came in and he did an all he's like well and he tried to make a joke he's like well you're always are covered in pearls like a little necklace so pretty and i'm like oh (laughs) Oh, cool 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 joke, dude. I'm like, so what does that mean? And he goes, Oh, you're really not going to be able to um, lose weight if you ever gain it. And we're going to have to work really hard to get you pregnant, you know? And then I was like, Okay, what do I do with this? Like, I'm like, what now? And he handed me some like half ass pamphlet that like explained nothing about it. And he sent me to a reproductive endocrinologist, which, you know, I got diagnosed like a lot of people do when they are in a struggle. You know, I find that Mm -hmm. people are either diagnosed because they're not getting pregnant or because they can't lose weight. You know what I mean? And so I hyper-focused on that. And that was my beginning of my piece of story. It's evolved a lot bigger, but, you know, I found out when I was trying to get pregnant with, with Amelia. So, Mm -hmm. and then,
0: so what was did you do anything immediately? Did you take action? Did you go home and research or like immediately started a workout diet regimen or what was your next step?
1: Well, my doctor didn't tell me anything to do. He's like, okay, well we can do fertility treatment. So, and that was what we were so focused on because you're trying Mm -hmm. to fix that problem that we jumped right into timed intercourse, Clomid, trigger shots, you know, so it was right into infertility. I wasn't thinking about anything other than getting a baby. Right. Um. So, you know, it wasn't until after I had Amelia and my hormones went even worse that I started to go online because the whole reason why I went online and started social media, I didn't even mean to be an advocate. I started a <laughs> Facebook group because I had no idea what was going on with my body. Right. I was like, what is happening? So I went online and that's when I started, you know, Almost teaching myself what to do.
0: Yeah, so, of course, yeah. and you did, and then along the way, you've taught everybody else. So um, that's so crazy. I didn't realize. So, did you initially start out on Facebook with the support group there, and then move to Instagram? Because I first met you on Instagram.
1: Yeah, well, so Facebook, you—I know, mean, Facebook, either lover, there first, yeah, <laughs> right. So you know, I went and I joined about every single PCOS group that there was. There was, there's mm-hmm. hundreds, and what I found was it was just it was so negative. Like it was just so like people like cutting each other down and saying, you're not doing this right. You're not doing that. I'm like, why can't there be any positivity? Like, why can't we consider, you know, a more positive approach? And so I hated the group so much. I felt it was so toxic that I started my own Facebook group. And that's where I started PCOS Positivity. And then I went to Instagram, but no, I started on Facebook. Okay. No,
0: I, um, I felt the same way about the support groups. Like I kind of like peeped in and then I was like, no, these are not my people, which I'm in mean like, you know, the, the groups that I'm in, is because my friends are the administrators and <laughs> <laughs> I know for the fact that it's going to be ran, uh, like you said, more positive, but uh, it's pretty cool that you acknowledge that. Cause I think some people can just get stuck in those groups and think
1: that that's how life is supposed to be. Like, it could be, and those groups can be completely overwhelming. I mean, there's—I so, mean, you think about PCOS, and there's so many different types of PCOS. People yeah. are at different stages, and like everyone has a voice, and every voice is important. But when everyone's talking at you at the same time, it's like, oh my god! Like you're already confused about what to do about PCOS. Like it's like you have to take a step away from that. Yeah, you know, and and find out what's going to work for you. And I, I can't. Mean,
0: I can't imagine like scolding someone for trying. You know, like, oh, you're not doing that right. Like that just sounds in- insane to me.
1: <laughs> I mean, sounds... it's so it's social media though. Everyone yeah. wants to be opinionated and they want them yeah. their opinionated to feel important and so you know, that's how They're it They're right, you're wrong. <laughs>
0: Exactly, yeah. is there anything that you wish that you would have done differently, like now, looking back whenever you were you know in the earlier age of the your diagnosis
1: i mean i I don't think that I did could do anything differently. I mean, I think mm-hmm. more of it as an aspect of I wish I was diagnosed sooner, yeah, because I find out uh, i mean that's why I'm so passionate about girls and younger women getting diagnosed early because a, a lot of it, it could be prevented. You know, there's things that you can do and lifestyle changes that you can implement. And if I would have just known, you know, like right. when I look back, I had all the signs, like I had three sisters and we all did the same activities, but I was the only one that never had a regular period and could not gain weight. We ate the same amount of food, but I was gaining and they were, you know, and so that should have been a sign or right. the fact that, you know, my periods were wonky and and why didn't that trigger a doctor to say, well, let's look for PCOS. You know, Mm -hmm. why didn't it me gaining weight and having all these other cholesterol issues and all this stuff when I was eating exactly like my sisters who had perfect cholesterol, why wasn't that a sign to seek a diagnosis? So I think I did everything I could. Right. But I wish I would have known, you know, I wish doctors would have known. The
0: healthcare failed you. And I, you know, with you mentioning that no one ever felt concerned with me. Um, you know, I didn't have my first menses until I was almost 16. That didn't concern anyone, because I guess that's normal for a lot of people in the doctor's idea. Even though I've learned now, most people start way before then. And then even, like, I don't remember having blood work to kind of see, you know, if any levels were abnormal. I just remember them looking at me, seeing that I was overweight, and just saying, you have to lose weight. I mean, yeah. like, they never tried to you know investigate anything and just like you which i didn't have siblings to um you know compare myself to but my peers in my class you know i was athletic most people with pcos are athletic yeah (laughs) and they struggle with their weight and i didn't do anything any different than the other girls so but the doctors just looked at me and was just or the nurses and was like wow you know you're really heavy you really need to lose some weight and nobody even cared to look further um, but yeah, like that could have changed a lot of things. And I agree. Like it, it makes me happy when I, I do see those teenagers with the diagnosis. Cause I'm, I'm hoping they can start, uh, with the lifestyle changes earlier where a lot of us didn't even get that opportunity.
1: Yeah. And I think what happens with a lot of younger girls and these issues is, you know, it gets brushed off at, Oh, she's just a teenage girl. Oh, it's just hormones. Oh, you know, like for me, I, I was called moody, you know, of course. I mean, right. I was obviously, but I mean, there was a reason. You know, or like when I was gaining weight, my doctor didn't believe me that I was eating the same amount. He's like, he told my mom, she must be sneaking snacks. She must oh be eating. Gosh. I'm like, why can't you just believe me? Like, I feel like the healthcare mm-hmm. community needs to listen because we are the best judge of what's going on in our body. And when we say something's wrong, like, believe us, you know? Right.
0: right. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so what, and you've pretty much explained, like you did struggle with fertility and with the weight and irregular periods. Is there anything else that you suffer from when it comes to PCOS?
1: I mean, I, my life cycle of PCOS has evolved. Like so it started with, you know, the infertility, but now I'm not in that stage of life, you know, but I have had miscarriages and, and losses and things like that. I've mm-hmm. always had an irregular period, you know, um, acne is a huge issue for me. Like I thought when I was 35 I'd be worried about getting Botox, but now I'm still <laughs> freaking buying clear cell because I'm broken out like a teenage boy. You know, <laughs> right. Um, you know, I have the issues of cholesterol issues. I, no matter what I do, you know, I just, mm-hmm. cholesterol's cholesterol is a bad issue. Um, and in my history of having, you know, anxiety and depression and, right. and eating disorder, which is, as you know, more an increased, we're more at risk population for those. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it I mean, it took multiple years after I got my diagnosis for, I even knew that there was a connection there, which makes sense. Like once you learn that you're like, ah, well, you know, this makes total sense because some of those um, external appearance symptoms that we have lead to those insecurities and the teasing and things that kind of drive us to those things. But yeah, like that's, that's definitely, such a huge thing to also have to live with, and I'm really glad that you've been really vocal about that here lately, especially on the podcast that you co-host about, you know, mental health and PCOS and all the things that you uh, have shared have been so helpful to hear.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to talk about. I mean, you know how hard yeah. it is to talk about the hard stuff because everyone just wants to hyper-focus on solutions and they don't want to hear, you know, everyone has a story and and there's a reason behind everyone's decisions to do something. And I just feel like it needs to be talked about the hard stuff as hard Mm -hmm. as it is for the person talking about it. You know, it's hard to hear, but it needs to be talked about.
0: And as a person, I mean, you know, as well with, you know, therapy and healing that part of yourself is hard. It is so hard. It's not just showing up on a therapist couch each week and talking about, you know, things that have happened to you. Like that is, it's a very, very hard journey to have and, and go through and people that don't have, you know, which I'm, I'm grateful that there are people that don't have <laughs> mental health conditions. Um, but like, like my, uh, my husband, for an example, he just doesn't understand because he's never had to experience that. So he doesn't really know like how hard I have to fight for some of the things, you know, to try to feel good
1: in my body. Right. Well, yeah, my husband, I love him to death and he's an amazing man, but he has never had a lived experience with anxiety, depression. He doesn't understand. And so it it caused a lot of friction in our marriage for a very long time because he just didn't understand. And it took me taking him to a therapy session, taking him to, you know, a doctor's appointment and try to, and he's trying, he's trying his best. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, hard for a lot of people that haven't had that lived experience to understand. And you almost have to like coach them through it and help them. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure.
0: My husband was the same way. I remember when in our earlier years of our marriage, um, I was at the point where I needed medication for depression and he just didn't like the idea of having a wife that was depressed, you know, but he didn't understand what depression was. He just heard the stigma, basically. You know, um, so it just it took, like you said, it, it caused some friction. But um, you know, the more that we can help them understand, I think the better off they are able to support us back. For sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, so what are some of the things that um you know you you kind of started advocating before you probably you realized you were an advocate, but like When did you really start realizing, okay, this is a community that is underserved, I need to start advocating, like, what was that process like for you?
1: I mean, it was crazy, because, you know, I started in a Facebook group, but then I got ballsy, and I decided to put it on Instagram, and, you know, Uh I never, ever, ever expected anyone to follow me. Like, I was like, no one's gonna care what I say, like, you know what (laughs) I mean? So I was, I was literally just posting, like, almost to keep myself accountable, because at that time... I mean, when I started doing online, it was all about weight loss for me. And, right, that, and right, I right. and I can admit that, you know, um, but people started following and it's like, oh, well, people want to hear what I have to say, which feels great. But then what was even more fulfilling for me was how many messages I got, you know, like, oh my gosh, thank you for talking about this, mm-hmm. you know? And like, the weird thing is, is like, I was not cool in high school. Okay. Like I had no friends. I was not cool at all. And like, all of a sudden I was Posting you're the online. popular kid, right? And, and well, people from my high school were messaging me, like, girls that were mean to me. Right. Okay. yeah, And, like, oh, my gosh, can you help me? I have this, too. And I was, like, well, no. Sorry, Sydney. Yeah. You were mean to you me. You were like, no. a total <laughs> B
0: to me back in high right? school. Yeah. Yeah. I but love the ones. Even not to sound like you know, arrogant, but the guys that used to make fun of me for being fat mm-hmm. that now want to be like, hey, what's up? And I want to be like, really? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, I um, Yeah. Yeah. So no, I totally, oh my gosh, right there with you. I totally get it.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And like, you know, so I was just, I talked about it online, but like, you just don't realize how much you're helping someone. Like I was doing it to help myself, but in the, the interrupt like I was helping other people and I didn't know. So that gave me a passion to want to help other people, you know, and, and we've talked about this, you know, I started out with weight loss and that was important. And that and my story has changed and it's evolved. And so much on social media can be, everyone wants to make everything black and white, you know, like, yes, I was talking about weight loss and there is a weight loss component of PCOS. And, and I'm not trying to ignore that, but like, the people that get so angry at you if you evolve or change your story you know now I'm talking about right. mental health and I'm talking about all this other stuff you know it's just I feel like you have to talk about the hard stuff to help other people but there's always people that are <laughs> gonna have something to say you know yeah
0: no I mean I totally my story is, is so similar because I mean I did the that first of all I didn't even want people to follow me on Instagram <laughs> I just I just wanted to be able to post my salad and walking at the park just to hold myself accountable. Like it was going out into this universe and, you know, like, but at the real, like I was terrified of local people that knew me finding me on there. I was just terrified. And then now I'm just like, I don't, whoever wants, I don't even know who all follows me at this point, but, um, but yeah, like I totally, totally get that. And also you know the PCOS is so complex and i think a lot of times we because you know like when you have pcos obviously you're you're suffering in some ways and you want those black and white answers because that would make life so much easier for you right of so course yeah. To, have to just do this and do that and it's the same thing like they don't understand i think it's great that you talk about all these different things because PCOS is complex, and it encompasses all of those different things. So even though one season of your journey was about the weight loss, and maybe, you know, the next season is more about mental health, like that is going right along with what PCOS is like, you you can't just focus on one thing. There's so many other things that we have to give attention to.
1: Yeah. And I think what's hard, you know, and, and I stopped doing social media for a long time because sure. you know, everyone, you're right. Everyone is seeking that answer. I mean, I did the same exact thing when I got right. I had PCOS. I went to the internet and I was like, okay, I need to find out how to lose weight. Okay. I need right. to find out how to have a baby. And, and the problem with PCOS is like, it's so intertwined with so many emotional stages of a woman's life that it's like, I understand why people want answers and they want it to be that simple, but, and people get angry because it is overwhelming because you know, there's so much information mm-hmm. out there. Like, just give it to me. And I see it. I, it happened with me. I see it happening to you. Yeah. You'll give good information and it's important. But then there's someone like, well, wait, no, this is wrong. Because I, I read this, you know, and like people are very emotional about it. And it's hard to discount that emotions, but it, it's very overwhelming to try to be helping people when people want to tell you that you don't know what you're talking about
0: oh oh 100 <laughs> percent.
1: i feel that to the
0: marrow of my bones right now um and especially with pcos i mean the more that we know and learn about it the way the you know better ways that you can manage your pcos really does go against what diet culture is telling you oh and yeah And a lot of people, you know, obviously we have been conditioned since we were little girls to believe things like low calorie diets and exercise your ass off. And, and, you know, we live in a culture that kind of puts, you know, the lack of sleep on a pedestal and, you know, just these kind of quick fix things. And when someone's coming in telling you, uh, that's probably not the best thing that you should do. They're going to have aversions to that for sure.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, I love that you mentioned like when people, because you know, how many, you're so smart when it comes to PCOS and you give out so much support and encouragement. And I know it happens to you as well where people wanna act like you don't know what you're talking about, yet you're on the front lines, you're at the events, you're talking to the specialists, you're friends with, you know, so many uh people that are making changes happen in this community and you're advocating actively for the community. And it's like, how dare someone act like you don't know what you're talking about. Like that just blows well, really my mind. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, the thing about that is is, you know, people I, I hate to say this, but like when someone's making a difference in a in a field of so many affected people, people can get jealous because they feel like, oh well, she's not doing doing it the right way. I would do it like this, but yet you're not doing it. So, you right. know, if, unless you're there doing it, you can't say anything about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, is like, I am all about science. Like I love science. I'm a math and science person. So I like facts, you know, and right. a lot of the people that I see getting mad, they're going off one fact, but it's like PCOS is a whole book of facts. Like you can't just pick and choose cherry picking the information, you know, yeah. like, and it's like, and I was telling you this before we got on the call, it's like, yes, in one post, I am talking about weight because weight is a big component of it. Mm-hmm. And then in my next post, I'm talking about, well, don't worry about the weight so much if you're struggling with mental health. And they're like, well, what? You're contradicting yourself. And it's like, no, read the whole story. Like <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. you're, you're judging and, and making these like rash decisions or rash judgments, if you will, on one particular post and not looking at everything collectively. And uh, yeah, I've actually had to to speak out about that. And then also just the fact that when I post something or give information on PCOS on a particular topic, it's not going to pertain to everybody with PCOS because we're all so vastly different. So what I talk about today may not connect with you, but what I talk about a couple of days from now could. So, I mean, it's just you have to take all the information in. uh, But I think one of the things that you really encourage is. Trying to, to get people to, you know, advocate for themselves and really become like a detective for their own body to find what is specific to them so then they can better help themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely important to understand that there are scientific facts about PCOS. It is a medical condition, but everyone's story is different. Everyone's stage of PCOS and where they are. Like I tell people all the time, like when you're diagnosed with PCOS, it's almost like a grieving process. Like, you know, it's like that. the five stages of grief, you know, I and like, it that. depends on where you are along that timeline. Like if you are in the anger part, you're not gonna wanna hear anyone talking about how long it's gonna take control. You're angry, you know, yeah. like, so this person that's in this stage is gonna come at your post a lot different than me who's in the acceptance phase and I was like yes you're so right you know what I mean (laughs) yeah so and you're not gonna be able to meet everyone where they are you know and I tell you this all the time you know when you're helping and putting this information on there like for every bad person that comments some crappy ass comment there are 10 people that are getting something from it and for sure choosing to share their story and, and, and doing something about it proactively, you know, and getting something positive out of it than that one negative person.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, it's, it's good to know at the end of the day that you're making that difference. I know you do it all the time, especially with the amount of advocacy to the, that you're doing. Um, I mean, it's just I bet you. Have you ever looked back and was like, I just never saw myself doing this. Did you ever have thoughts like that? Yeah, like, no, oh, it's,
1: <laughs> it's so it's still so weird to me because like even like people are like, oh, you're famous, it. I'm like, no one, no one not like no one. I mean, no one, no one not. Yeah. But it's like weird because it's like you know I have Facebook friends that are celebrities, and I'm like, oh, this is why are they friends with me? Like like Laura Nash, I love her. She's the funniest lady in the entire world. But like her commenting and liking my posts, I'm like, am I cool? Does this be yeah. that cool? <laughs> Especially
0: like you said, when you grow up and you're not like the cool kid. And, oh, God. And, you know, oh God. Like, but you've like found your people. It's so funny because um, I think I've told Jenny the story, but I haven't told you. And so um, obviously well, you remember whenever I was leaving like my nursing career and was becoming a coach. I even reached out to you and was like, Hey, I like what you do. Do you have time to give me any tips on becoming a coach? And I remember at that time, (laughs) this is so funny. I remember at that time uh, I was like trying to figure out what my niche is, you know, like from a business standpoint, you really want to dial down a niche. And I was trying so hard not to be in the PCOS niche because I was like, you can't do that or Shelby's going to think you're copycatting her. So like, stay in your own lane <laughs> over here. And then <laughs> like, it, was, it was so funny how it happened. And I remember like picking out like my colors and themes for my website and it was like, do not use teal because Shelby has teal on her website. So, oh was, like, my
1: you gosh. You are so funny. So
0: yeah. I mean, I was totally like, you know, shitting in my pants thinking that you're going to think that I'm just mocking you. And then it was like, you know, obviously, you know, Our purpose is find this. And so it just kept like growing and growing. And and then it was like, damn, these are my people. Shelby's going to have to get over it.
1: No, Well, and here's the thing is like, I, I think that there, we need more people doing different things. Like you are awesome. Like, and you can offer something that I, completely different than what I can, you know, and the next person can offer something. And it's like the more people that are doing good, whatever it is, if it's the same as me, if it's close to me, I don't care. We Go need more Go out there and do good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I'm glad that our friendship evolved the, the way that it did, but there was genuine concern there for a little bit. Cause it was like, oh man, she is totally... Totally gonna think that I just like asked her for all the tips and advice and was just like okay I'm gonna be showy now <laughs> okay I, I need to tell you
1: something I'm sure. telling you I literally never thought any of that <laughs> so you were worried about nothing Whew. glad that's like, lifted off of me now <laughs> That isn't that funny though how you think someone's gonna think you think oh, someone yeah. thinks something of you. Like I literally never ever thought that of you. I was so proud of you. Like I was I like, oh, good job.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm just so glad. I, I don't remember when when uh Jen and I had that conversation. It might have been when we were in DC and I was like, I really need to sit down and tell Shelby about this one day that I was like terrified she thought that I was trying
1: oh my gosh I hate that you were terrified of me
0: Uh, but it's also at the same time you know social media is just a it's a it's a blessing it's also a curse and so you just do hear about those stories of like other coaches that kind of get in those you know like she's copying me I've seen it before on social media oh yeah because I do feel like you kind of came on Instagram and maybe it's this way now and I'm just oblivious to it but There was a big boom of weight loss journeys and fitness accounts back at that time. Oh, yeah. It was just huge. It was really huge. I'm sure it still is. I'm just not, that's not my mindset anymore. But, uh, you know, it was just a really big deal. And sometimes there was drama and friction in between those accounts. Um, oh, you know, yeah. and, and well, that's yeah.
1: how, that's how I, I got posted on one of those before, like, cause there used to be so many before and after picture pages, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Like, that's how, yeah. that's how I grew, you know, right. and looking back on it, it's almost so funny because I, I hate those pages. Oh, like, I, I, I'm like, I unfollow
0: them every now and then a random one will still pop up in my feed and i immediately unfollow them.
1: But yes, you know,
0: oh, they've stolen your, they've stolen your pictures right before. Like, and, oh, yeah, like, they have. So like that was when I first experienced like my, okay, so very much like you, you know, I started out the journey for accountability, but then you do have those people that are supporting you and complimenting your weight loss and your journey. And it gives you that momentum to keep Mm -hmm. going. So, you know, I was in a very positive space on Instagram for a really long time, up until the point that I had my skin removal surgery. So once I lost the 80 pounds and then had three pounds of excess skin removed. um, Everybody wanted to to make judgments on my body. And, you know, um, that was when, so obviously the photos of me at 230 something pounds, and then now me with the skin removed, uh, people were like, Oh no, that's not the same person. And those accounts would steal my photos and not share Hey, she had a skin removal surgery. She did this naturally. Mm-hmm. She was her ass off for two years. You know, they didn't share all of that. It was just this before and after. And then let me put my little tag here that you can buy this quick fat loss tea. Yes. Tea, whatever that was, you know? Or, and so, yep. yeah. Yeah. And then I remember, oh my gosh, like just crying for days on end because people were just saying like really harsh things. Like if my body looked like that before, I would have killed myself and just stuff like that. You know, that
1: was just, yes,
0: it was really, really hard. But yeah, they, I mean, and then you would have the people. So like when you obviously, sometimes social media is your, is your vent portal. You want to vent about the right. things, especially to the people that support you because you do feel like they're part of your friend circle. And then you would have those that be like, well, you put yourself out there. You're just asking for it. And I'm like, that's victim blaming, first of all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that is vic- like, I didn't put myself out there and ask for people to bully me and, you know, say really horrible things about my body. And when in the hell did my body become this thing that everybody was allowed to have an opinion on?
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's what social media is. And that and that's why I stopped posting pictures because it's, it, I it helped a lot of people and I'm not going to discount that I have had more positive p- conversations on social media than negative, but the negative, even though I know like I'm smart and, I, and the educated me knows, okay, these mm-hmm. people are just. Trolls. These people are just desperate for attention. They are seeking, you know, I know that, but it still fucking hurts. Like it still yeah, hurts when someone's talking about you. Like you're not a real person. I'm like, hey, I'm in here. Like I can read I
0: totally agree. And that's why um, I kind of posted on social media the other day, like, you know, even though my intellectual self understands that things like you know, obviously, it's a reflection of their insecurities hurt people hurt people, you know, they're in a bad place, or they're just being an, an asshat, whatever the case may be, like, I can understand that in my head, but my heart still hurts every time that happens. And a lot of that it has a lot to do with the trauma that I've experienced in my life before, because it automatically puts me in that same bubble where I feel mm-hmm. that same emotion. And so people just don't realize that, especially if you have a mental health condition, it it could cut a lot deeper, even though you're smart enough to know that it shouldn't. Um, so it definitely does that. But that's a really great segue into some of the the topics that you and I both have been feeling here lately. And that's on you know, being vocal in the social media space about your body fluctuating from season to season. You know, I think both of us started out with, uh, you know, this weight loss journey, but then, you know, life happens. We have other conditions and other things going on and you gain weight, which society tells us is bad. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
0: you know, we don't necessarily feel that way about our bodies. And in my circumstance, I'm actually, my symptoms have improved with my weight gain, But when you post about it, one, you're putting yourself up at risk for being bullied. And, you know, that's risking your mental health. But also it's like nobody wants to see that weight fluctuations are absolutely normal for the human body.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think me and you are both a perfect example of PCOS because like we both Mm -hmm. started with, with what everyone wants. They want that before and after. And then people follow you because they're like, Oh my God, that's what I'm supposed to do with PCOS. I'm supposed to lose weight. But like, look, you're an educated woman on PCOS. I'm an educated woman on PCOS. We've been doing this for years and look at how both of our stories evolve from weight loss through this journey of that's not what it's all about. And people are scared to realize that losing weight, isn't going to fix everything because that's what they're told is going to be the fix. Mm -hmm. And when we tell them otherwise, and then it's a lot more complicated than that, that's hard for them to understand. You know, they came to us thinking that, oh, okay, we have everything under control. And the truth about PCOS is it's, it's not, you just lose weight in your fix you're not to have a baby and you're fixed it has so many different Mm -hmm. components to it you know what I mean
0: yeah oh no absolutely I but I do I think about that sometimes that I don't know that you can get to where we are until you go through the thick of that journey until you go through the obsessive um eating and exercising and the weight loss and then realize that it that wasn't the the complete fix either I like yeah I think it's really hard to be like, let's say that you're newly diagnosed. And um, I think it's really hard for you to understand that. And that may be why you get so many aversions to that on, you know, social media or when you're discussing that uh, in a space with people. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's very much the case. And just like you said, our PCOS can evolve over time. So what works for you right now may not be the same thing a couple of years down the road. Um, you know your body is going to change you may have to change your methods and stuff with the way that you're um, you know do uh, approaching the management of your PCOS and I've actually talked about that with people and they're like oh great that's something else to look forward to but it's also it, it could be looked at as a negative thing but I also think it could be looked at as a very empowering thing to encourage you to always keep awareness about your body and be flexible with the way that you treat your body too
1: Yeah. And I think one of the important things that I've learned to do and and on social media is, you know, whenever someone pushes back on me posting like, Oh, okay. This, you know, like let's use a perfect example. So like when I post about how keto is not the answer for PCOS Mm -hmm. and then I'll get comments like, well, I lost 60 pounds and I'm like, okay. But my first question is, okay, how long did it last? Where are you at at that stage? You know, like, you know, because most of the people that are like, Oh, this works. Well, does, is it working two years later? Is it working five years later? Because your PCOS is still going to be there in five Mm -hmm. years, you know, like all these things where it's like you do this immediate fast approach and like, well, I lost weight, so it must be good. And I'm like, okay, you feel okay now about it because you're having a short-term positive response to it, but you are going to be living with this. I mean, look at me. I had a positive response to weight loss and I told people that's super healthy and and I don't regret that because my story is not a lie just because it's evolved. Right. It's like, you have to think that. about this long-term. You have to stop thinking about peace as one chapter. It's your whole life. And it doesn't have to dictate your life. You need to understand how to make it part of your story and not make it miserable to live with.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the the big, of course, obviously I get keto a lot. I get the question about intermittent fasting. Um, I do typically try to ask those women, you know, can you see yourself doing that a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, because it needs to be something that you can do for the rest of your life. And another one that is getting increasingly popular is the, um, you know, types of weight loss surgery. So a, mm-hmm. lot of doc- a lot of doctors are telling their clients, you know, or patients that, you know, you have PCOS, you can have this weight loss surgery, and it's going to fix your PCOS. And, you know, it's like, I do know um, some people with PCOS that did have weight loss surgery, and it was very successful as far as the weight loss component. And I think doctors now are trying to determine, um, because it can possibly adjust uh, the gut microbiome. And we know that that's Mm -hmm. PCOS. And so like there, there are a lot of questions still there, but ultimately, just because you've lost weight doesn't necessarily mean that your PCOS is going to be totally under control and managed. If you have, you know, insulin resistance, which the majority of us do, And you have weight loss surgery, and you lose that weight, and you still aren't addressing insulin resistance, but you're still at high risk for diabetes down the road, regardless of what your number on the scale says. Yeah. I think it's really hard, um, especially when we live in such a thick diet culture state of mind, to understand that, yes, the weight loss can help. You're right. There's evidence there, but it's not the whole picture. You know, if that, if that was the case, what do you do about our lean PCOS friends? Yeah. <laughs> have weight to lose. So what about them? What's the explanation for that? You know, uh, we have to start addressing those root causes and our individual specific needs. So I'm glad that, that you brought that up. Um, and I know that that's probably a really popular question for you as well.
1: Yeah. And the, the thing on that is weight loss, you know, that is such a hot topic on PCOS, you know, and, and, I hate saying just one sentence and not explaining it. That's why I write such long posts. but it's like <laughs> yeah. weight loss. Yes. Short term can help it. But like, if you're not addressing your relationship with food, if you're not addressing mm-hmm. the emotional component of why you eat this way, you know, you can say, yes, weight loss is going to be good and I'm going to start eating this way. But are you, have you addressed how you got this way? Have you addressed yeah. how you, evolved into this situation like and people are so quick to like i'll just lose weight and i'll be totally happy no you won't no No, you won't you know
0: (laughs) good luck with that (laughs) good luck yeah i mean well just just before we started recording this episode that's what you and i both talked about like i when we did lose the weight, which like you said, I mean, it, there was positive effect from that. So well, let's acknowledge yes. that. But mm-hmm. let's also acknowledge the fact that uh, we had some very unhealthy behaviors and relationships with our body, our food, and those types of things. And you know, that's, it's just not, it's just not healthy. I mean, I'm so glad that I'm not in that space anymore, regardless if I've gained 30 plus pounds or not. Like, I'm so happy that I don't have to obsess over every morsel of food that I put in my body or still look in the mirror and think, oh, I'm not thin enough. I'm not lean enough. I mean, like that was a really unhealthy place to be. And I know that you had a similar story as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just felt like a liar because I wasn't telling people the whole story because yes, I mean, when I lost weight, I felt better about myself because I fit into nicer clothes. I, yes. And there was a positive component. I could run longer. I could do, you know, these certain things, but I was lying to say, if I had a healthy relationship with food, I was running 10 miles a day. Like I was eating yeah, I two imagine. meals and that is not healthy mm. just because my BMI right. was normal. My relationship with Cheetos in the pantry after a yeah. day of running 10 miles is not healthy. So I just felt like a liar. And so like people will be like, well, why is your story changed so much? So I'm like, it hasn't changed. It's, it's evolved. evolved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just evolved. And it's a yeah. different stage of my life with that.
0: No, I, I, I love how you said that because actually my therapist and I were recently talking about this topic because it's been so heavy on me. And I told her, I was like, I feel, or at that time I felt like a fraud because people would look at me and be like, oh my gosh, your body's hashtag goals. Mm -hmm. and in my head that was the worst (laughs) in my head I'm like oh my god I wouldn't wish this on anybody do you realize that like I would be at the gym sometimes two o'clock in the morning falling the fuck asleep on an elliptical who can do that I didn't Mm -hmm. fell asleep on an like I you know was eating tilapia and asparagus for every meal including breakfast for weeks on end like I mean like there's just and, and at the time it was admirable in my head because I had this goal, you know, I wanted to, to step on stage. I, I wanted to look a certain way and, um, you know, but at the same time in my core, when, when I was going through that, I knew what I was doing with a fraud because it wasn't something that you could just do for the rest of your life. And no. I was doing some really unhealthy things and it really triggered my eating disorder all over again and my body dysmorphia started increasingly getting worse after I spent two years of trying to build up my self-love and confidence. I mean, it's just, and it just goes to show, um, which I think, you know, like I said, your story is very similar. So even once you got to the point that you're super lean or thin, or, you know, got your body as small as you possibly could, did your PCOS get worse? Like, did things go backwards for you? Did, I mean, what happened for you in that situation?
1: I mean, when I lost weight, certain things got better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I could exercise more easily. I didn't get tired so easily, you know, like just, I mean, the physical things of losing weight that can make it more yeah. mechanically easier to continue doing things to lose weight. But like I said, the relationship with the hyper fixation and the, the motivation to impress, like I would literally try to lose weight and I would stay running and I would consistently not go home until I knew that my after picture and my next before and after picture was better than the last one. Cause I felt like I had to Keep impress going. people. Yeah, my mental health yeah. was deteriorating in a way that was so unhealthy. And it took so much for me to realize like, Oh my God, what? Like I love posting on social media, but at what cost to me, you know, yeah. like, and that's what I tell you all the time. Like, you know, that's so important what you're doing. It's so important the information who you're helping, but like, you have to make sure like you are at peace And like with me and social media, like I post stuff and it may not be what everyone wants to read and people can unfollow me all they want. But as long as I feel like I'm telling my truth, it may not be your truth, but I'm going to continue to just be my honest truth, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that you shared that. And I wish I love all the support. You've helped me out so much over the past several weeks. And I just, I realized like when you said that those things like talking about your before and after pictures, I would do the same thing. Like like, if my before and after picture didn't look that good this week, then I wouldn't post it. And I would like kill myself to make Mm -hmm. sure that the next one would look good. And who was that for? It didn't make me a better person. It didn't make my life better. It didn't make my marriage better. I wasn't any happier. It was, I mean, I got so sucked into the, the likes and follows and comments and things like that. And then at the same time, and I've talked about this on social media, not to sound like negative, but just to be like, this is, this is really what happened to me. More people cheered me on when I was doing that than they do when I'm over here living a very balanced, healthy and happy lifestyle.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just,
0: it's crazy. It, it really is, crazy. is. It really is. It really is. Uh, but I do think that it's very important that you continue to share your truth and the information that you share. I think it's funny that you talk about how you share like the really long posts because I do the same. I don't know if people actually read them, but there's a lot of great information there in the long (laughs) post. Like, please do. (laughs) Oh, but yeah, we're so much alike in in so many ways on that. And I just can't thank you enough for for taking up space in this world and doing what you do because I don't think I would be where I'm at without you. I know I wouldn't be. Um, I tell
1: you all the time how proud I am of you. You are doing good. And I am just amazed at how much you're helping people. And I like, trust me, we've had this conversation privately. I'll have it publicly. Like, I get it. Like, I totally understand. And I just want to make sure that you know that for all the crap that you get, you're getting so much positivity and you do not have to respond to people that are messing with your piece. Like my problem that I used to do was like, I was like, well, I need to, I need to make this make sense to them. And yeah, um, but you can't. But you, but yeah, realistically, like there's a point where you can have healthy debate. And then there's a Mm -hmm. point where it's like, this is a waste of my piece. You know what I mean? And just block those people because some people are determined to disagree and bring you down. And that's where you just say, see you later, fucker.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I I worried about that for um, obviously a lot. And I was so worried about what kind of person does it make me look like if I'm deleting comments and blocking people, you know, does that make me look you know, weak, or I don't, I don't know what my thoughts exactly were. But you know, I was worried about how that would make me look. And now I'm like, I just don't even care. You know, like, I just don't. Yeah, I I have to do that for myself. And like you said, you're never going, regardless of anyone, if it's PCOS about your body, or anything else, you're, if someone comes at you that negatively with that harsh of judgment, you're not going to change their mind. And it's not really your job to do so. Just protect no. yourself and, and keep moving on. Um, but yeah, like you've you've been my saving grace. And I appreciate all the conversations that we've had when when things got a little too heavy for me lately on social media. So, <laughs> um, but I thank you so much for that. And I do want to ask, um, yeah. just because, you know, because you are such a huge advocate in the PCOS community and all the hard work that you do. What is something that you would like to see change to maybe improve our community in the future?
1: I mean, my main passion and my main desire for the community is honestly focusing on younger diagnosis, uh, yeah. more pre- preventative um, and not because so much of the PCS community um, health community is about band aid solutions and fixing right. one segment. And uh, like, I see it all the time. Like I felt like I was ping pong back and forth between different specialists. It's like, okay, when I was trying to get pregnant, I was going to a reproductive endocrinologist. But now that it's this issue, I'm going to, you know, my regular doctor. And then now I'm going to, and I'm like, why can't one doctor or my Mm -hmm. whole team of doctors work together? I think we are so quick to focus, hyper-focus on different segments, but all these doctors don't want to deal with it because they don't understand it. And we just get lost in the mix. So my main thing is- Earlier diagnosis, because preventative measures, if you know what you're facing, like, I just get so mad because I'm like, if I would have known that this was going on, I could have done something different. So I get angry when I see other girls or women getting diagnosed at 30, 35, 40, when I'm like, shit, we could have done something about it. You know, yeah. so earlier diagnosis, know, like, oh, yeah. sorry.
0: Yeah, but no. I mean, the older that we get, the like, like you said, we could have done something. Those risks that come along with PCOS maybe at this point are irreversible, you know, like- you know, who, who knows but I wonder um what it would take because I know like some of the events like with the PCOS challenge and stuff that we go to we we do get the the pleasure of meeting doctors uh even pediatricians that are you know trying to help with diagnosing um uh, children with mm-hmm. PCOS at a younger age and stuff but I feel like they are they're obviously moving mountains, but there's only a select few that are doing that. And I just don't really know what it would take to get all the other doctors on board to start understanding other than like, better research and funding, maybe, I don't know, I don't know, yeah,
1: well, and that's why advocacy is so important, because right. it's, like, it all, it all starts with money, as much as that yeah. sucks, that's like, that's it's, like, money, what makes the
0: world go round,
1: exactly, <laughs> and if, I mean, I know, you know the figure, but, like, the NIH gets, like, 0.01% of funding mm-hmm. for US. like, you know what I mean, and it affects one in five people, like, why is this, but no, yes. if no one has money to research it, then no one gives a shit, then you know nothing's what I mean, gonna, gonna continue, yeah, yeah,
0: nothing's gonna happen, and, um, I think, you know, a lot of times, which that's why we talk about advocacy and, and such, as, especially at the events and stuff with PCOS Challenge and the the last event at Advocacy Date, like the numbers are showing that over the last like four years, it's, we're going backwards. We're actually like less and less. So mm-hmm. it's not, <laughs> just because more and more people are getting affected, it's not getting any better. So, uh, but I, I think that would be such a great addition to the community is to start detecting it Earlier, I know, um, just, just from having my son that, uh, has autism spectrum disorder, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there is a certain age mark at 18 months when he was, um, flagged, you know, like there's certain questionnaires that flags it. So like, if we could have something very similar to that, you know, that would flag that and be like, you know, asking those questions where doctors can start seeing whether or not that could be a possibility, that would be amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, just mm-hmm. looking back, yeah. like I said, like in doctors listening, like doctors listening mm-hmm. to the patient, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor basher. Like I'm, I love doctors. They're great. They're doing important work, but like, there is something to say about the patient's voice, especially in a field right. where doctors know so very little, Hey, maybe the patient has merit in what they're saying. You know, like right. I, I think of how different my life would have been. Like when I sat there in that doctor's office and he literally accused me of eating secretively, you know what I mean? Right. Like if he would have just listened to me. So I think Uh, it's important for us advocates to push for doctors hearing our voice because there's merit in that. So,
0: Mm -hmm. no, I I totally agree. I wish it happened more often. And like you said, it's not that you're here to doctor bash, but unfortunately this is a community where you have like millions of bad Mm -hmm. doctor experiences. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like the, it's, it's really hard to even get women, uh, or those with PCOS to even be encouraged, to even find a new doctor because their experiences have been so bad. So, um, yeah, but thank you for sharing that. And the, the last thing I just want to ask you, uh, which I could name a novel on you, but <laughs> what is it that, that makes you fierce, that keeps you from holding yourself back and pushing through and keep going?
1: I mean, I think it's just being proud of, the messy stuff. Like I, I I, yes, a pretty social media is, is good to look at and it's exciting, but like, Mm -hmm. I am proud of sharing the not so pretty stuff because that is the stuff that helps people the most. I mean, people could get motivation from a pretty before and after, which is awesome if you're going to get motivation from that, but I'd much rather talk to the person like the other day, I'm going to cry thinking about, like I posted about how depressed I was and all this stuff. And she Message me saying I was going to end my life and I saw your post, you know, like that messy stuff is, it helps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't know, (laughs) you just don't know who, who's seeing your message. Like you can get all this bad stuff, but people you're silently helping people and you just don't know. So post the messy stuff, post the scary stuff, be proud of who you are and, and just be proud of the journey.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. But wow, like that story. I'm going to think about that all day now. <laughs> so, it,
1: yeah, I, it really is, and and I tell you this all the time. You know, you just don't know how many people po- you're positively affecting. So yeah, you you, you got to be proud of what you're doing.
0: Yeah. Any time that you share your story, you just you have no idea who all it's touching because not everybody that. It connects to is going to reach out, you know, like maybe they're no. shy mm-hmm. or whatever. So you just never know. But thank you so much for for sharing your story. I could talk to you obviously for days on end, but, <laughs> but I'm so glad that you're here and shared that with us. Where can um, the listeners reach you? Where, where are you located at?
1: Oh, I mean, I'm on Facebook. I know all the old people know what Facebook is. All your young (laughs) listeners are probably like, what's Facebook? (laughs) Uh, And obviously Instagram, I uh, run Peaceful Support Girl Pages. And then I host the Every Peaceful Body Podcast with Jen Mm -hmm. Y'all can reach me there.
0: Yeah, yep. And the podcast is absolutely wonderful. Go over there and check it out. Um, But thank you again for being here. We'll have to do another episode sometime.
1: Yes, we have lots to talk about. We can talk about that. We we do. (laughs) All right, we'll talk soon. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode on Livery Radio. If you have any questions or would like to be featured here on the show, email me at Letitia at LiveryHealthCoaching.com. I also want to take this time to ask you, if you're enjoying the episodes and the podcast, please rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform. This will help women like you find the podcast so that they too can be empowered and feel supported in this community.